702. Call Googs on 011-883-0702. 11 minutes after 8 o'clock, joined now on the line by Human Potential and parenting expert Nikki Bush to speak about how the chaos and the disruption of load shedding can potentially be used positively by families. Nikki, good morning. As always, it's good to have you on the show. Good morning, Googs. And there I was hanging on the landline and at 8 o'clock sharp, <laughs> we lost our power. But here we are on the backup line. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's just an example. I was just asking the question, you know, how have you been impacted or, dis- or inconvenienced this week? And just as we were about to have a conversation, you know, your line goes down because, you know, we don't have power. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a speaker and uh, some of my work is virtual and some of my work is in person. I always have to check if it's in person, does the venue have a generator in case we go down? And what if I'm using a PowerPoint presentation? What if we're using a microphone for a room of 500 people? Do they have a generator? You know, it's become a critical question. And with my clients, they need to know that I have generator power if I'm doing a virtual presentation as I was doing for one of the major banks on Friday. And literally the minute I started, we knew the power was going down. So we had to plan ahead so that I was already on generator power before I started. And these are the kinds of things that families are having to take into consideration. Uh, You were talking about microwave meals, you know. Um, I I wanted to make a stew on Thursday and uh, that needed to cook for a while. So instead of cooking, you know, at about uh, half past five, I had to start cooking earlier in the day. And then I had to leave it in the oven to stay hot. So I had to time it perfectly so that it would still be hot by the time we needed to eat. Um, So so things like that, you know, children actually can learn a lot about planning, planning and resilience from what's going on. And I know it's not fun. You know, what we've just come out of a global pandemic. Do we really need this now? Poor parents. (laughs) But there are some interesting conversations that are going on in homes. And how, you know, parents can then use these as, a, I guess, teachable moments. So, for instance, you having to plan, you know, I want to make this particular meal. It's going to need X amount of time. So this is how I'm, I'm planning. I'm, I'm, I'm making a plan. I'm making a plan B, which, that's, that's is, right. which is a great lesson for kids to see that, look, sometimes things won't be ideal, but you can try find a workaround. The workaround. And, you know, life is full of plan Bs and workarounds. Let's face it. I mean, life doesn't unfold perfectly and in a straight line for anybody, actually. Mm. You know, it's rare. You might have a good run for a while, but then something comes and knocks you kind of off, off kilter. And that is life. And so resilience is an important thing is how do we bounce back from, from adversity? But let me, let me read you a real life conversation that um, happened in a family around um, load shedding. So can I read you this and then we can chat about the teachable moments in this conversation. Yes. So the dad says um, to the children, why is this thing with ESCOM bad? And the kids say, because we can't watch TV. And dad says, why is that bad? And the kids say, because we miss our favorite programs. And dad says, and what else? And here's an interesting one. We don't see ads 
for stuff and then no one buys stuff. And dad says, and what else? And the kids say, shops can't open because they have no lights and credit card machines don't work. So can you hear the critical thinking going on in this conversation? Dad's using that Socratic questioning method of drilling down, drilling down. And dad says, and why is that bad that the credit card machines don't work and the shops have no lights? The kids say, then they can't make any money. Mm -hmm. And dad says, and what about restaurants? And the kids say, they lose business because they can't cook meals for their customers. And then dad says, and why is this thing with ESCOM good? And the kids say, because we get to spend more time together as a family talking and playing games. And dad says, and what else? And the kids say, we now know what other people feel like who don't have electricity like we do. And dad says, can you think of any business opportunities because of this thing with ESCOM? And the kids say, people can start businesses that sell generators. And dad says, and what else? And the kids say, people can service generators or design machines that save electricity and sell them. So it's, this is a real conversation that happened with somebody I know with his kids. And I think it's quite a fascinating conversation in terms of taking children through the critical thinking journey and keeping perspective, which is an important thing when things aren't going well. So he asked, why is it bad? He asked, why is it good? And then he asked, what opportunities are there because of this? And that's what our kids really need to learn because one day they're going to be in business too and they need to think critically. You know, if, if things go wrong and we teach our children to throw their hands up as victims, then they become victims of circumstance and they name, blame and shame anything and everyone else for the situation and the circumstances they find themselves in. And we're thinking broader than load shedding here. Um, and then to be able to step back when things are bad or not going well and see what the opportunities are, what the positives might be, is so important because it gives balance and it gives hope. And that's important. If there's no hope, then things get very, shall we say, dark. I know this is a bad word to use right now, but mm. things get very dark when there is no hope and when we don't empower ourselves with the possibility of seeking opportunities when things aren't going well. Mm. So on one hand, uh, there's an opportunity to teach kids around problem solving. So there's this, I don't know if you know this book, quite an old book, uh, Who Moved My Cheese? Oh, my, one of my favorite books. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite books. I also someone's enjoyed. always going to move your cheese. <laughs> yes, your cheese might not be the cheese you wanted or it's going to be moved. And so you need to make a plan. So on one hand, you know, it's kind of teaching kids around 
Uh, sometimes you, things don't go to plan, but that's okay. You can make a plan B and kind of move with the cheese. The other is around. So, yes, the plan hasn't gone well, but what is the opportunity? So the conversation the father was having around, yes, these are the disadvantages, but what are the opportunities? What are the potential gaps, especially for entrepreneurship, for opportunities right now? Um, but also then kind of this conversation with your kids around um, things like don't take I'm part of what I'm hearing is things don't go well, but don't take that personally and try just kind of, you know, move, keep moving in mm. some in some mm. form or shape. Just, you know, keep working around it, but also use that opportunity. How often do you get a chance to, like you were saying, be quiet and have time with your family and there's no TV, no radio, the Wi-Fi is down, so probably no one's looking at their, their cell phone screens. It's like a rare golden opportunity to be together, which you normally perhaps wouldn't have. Yes, you know, the distractions of everyday life, the distractions of technology um, are taken away when the lights go down. And so we're able to be more emotionally present with each other. And that is a gift between parent and child. So, yes, you might land up reading stories by candlelight at night, you know, bedtime stories by torch or candlelight. Um, And that can sometimes give an entirely different experience to reading it when the lights are on, for example. Um, you could be playing word games because you can't play other games. You know, kids don't just have no TV when the lights go down. They don't have PlayStation. They don't have Wii. They don't have, you know, all all those things either. And um, so you can get to play common old garden variety, old-fashioned word games. And here's some examples of of things that kids, uh, parents can play with their kids when the lights go down. And this can become part of your ritual. If you're having dinner uh, with no lights on, um, you can play a word game like this. I want a rhyme in double quick time. And the word to rhyme is stop. So, Googs, call out a word that rhymes with stop. Cop? Top. And pop. And I, I, I want a rhyme in a quick time, and the word to rhyme is cat. A hat? Sat. A bat? Cat. Yes. So you see, we start using very different parts of our brains when we can't use technology. And it can be super, super fun. And the great thing is, word games cost you nothing, except a little bit of time and attention. And so you learn to parent in a different way, to entertain your children in a different way. Here's a really nice problem-solving word game. It's called the odd one out. And you call out three words, one of which that doesn't fit at all. And your child's got to spot the difference. So here's a lovely one. Carrot, apple, and cucumber. Which is the odd one out? The apple? And you've got to say why, because of problem solving. Uh, hmm, the other two are vegetables. It's not a vegetable. Well, you might have a really bright child who says, but mom, a cucumber is, is a fruit because it's got seeds. <laughs> and, and that is actually a really good example. Carrot, apple, and cucumber has many different answers, many different solutions. Because if you think about the shape, 
of a carrot, an apple and a cucumber, the apple would be the odd one out as well because it's round. It's yes. not kind of cylindrical. What about the first letter of each word? The apple carrot is the odd one out because it's an A, the others are C's. It is. And then you might have a child who says it's the carrot that's the odd one because the apple is green and so is the cucumber. And, the, and all of those answers would be correct, actually. That's right. That's right. But look at the breadth of the learning that we just started and kicked off with something as simple as three words and looking for connections, looking for similarities, looking for differences. And what we're doing is we're asking our children to turn that problem over in their mind's eye. It's not in front of them. They can't see them. It's not physical. They've got to actually take that problem into their mind, turn it over, come up with answers, and you might have three or four different answers here, three or four different solutions, which is fantastic because that is what kids are going to have to do um, in class and in life is turn problems over in their heads and come up with the best possible solution. And look at what fun we've just had in a couple of minutes just using words that cost us nothing. Um, And here's a really great one, Gooks. And this is called Word Ball. And it's an association game. And you and I can have a lot of fun with this. We're going to throw, I'm going to throw a word at you. And you've got to throw another word back at me that has a connection with my word. So if I say kettle, what do you say? Uh, Coffee. And to coffee, I would say tea. What do you say about tea? Um, hmm, a biscuit? Oh, yum. Cake. Um, hmm, uh, cookies? Cookies, icing. Uh, birthday? <gasps> Candles. Um, balloons. Presents. Um, friends. Family. Uh, laughter. Um, fun. Um, holiday. <gasps> seaside. Uh, who? Seaside, seaside, swimming. Oh, so you see, we've just started a whole game that could go on for another three minutes of building on each other's words. And what we're doing is drawing from our memory experiences we've had. And can you see, we started with kettle and we landed up at the beach. <laughs> yes, and eating birthday cake with friends. And Exactly. So it reminds children of experiences they've had. It reminds children of connection. It reminds them of fun times they've had. You know, we could have talked about thunderstorms. We could have started with load shedding <laughs> and had a whole conversation of words attached to load shedding, which would have probably landed up in a very positive place. Yeah. Um, so we need to help our children to find a way out of their discomfort, out of their irritation, out of their pain caused by load shedding, and also to help parents to laugh about what's going on as well. And listen, it's tough. You know, I have an assistant with three children, and each child is in a different phase of school, one in preschool, one in primary school, one in high school. She runs around three children on a good day. Now imagine her life with load shedding, with getting stuck in traffic, and with having to 
to help their uh, children at three different ages and stages. You know, it's not easy, and we acknowledge that. We really need to acknowledge that. And once again, we have to have conversations with our kids where we have to acknowledge that things aren't good right now Mm. and that we're not in control of it, just like in COVID. You know, we needed to say things like, this doesn't make me feel good. I know I'm showing frustration and irritation. And it's not going to be fixed tomorrow. But this is our plan. This is how we are going to deal with it. And children need the reassurance of the fact that we have a plan. And that might mean that we have generator or inverter power. It might mean that we can't use the generator every time there's an outage because we can't afford to, you know. And so those are conversations that we need to be having with our kids around um, you know, resilience around planning, around budgeting, around all of those things. Um, and let's look at the life lessons, Googs, that we can impart to our children. And we had a conversation a few weeks ago around passing on um, hands-on confidence through life skills to children. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, you may need to be firing up that rhyme more regularly than usual. And you need to be expanding your repertoire of what you can cook over the coals because that might be what you have to do. And so we can be teaching our kids about building fires, building brides, around the cooking skills of brying. And it might not be brying per se. It might be doing poiki course. It's winter. So how do we do a stew over the coals or on gas? Uh, So there are alternative energy sources that we can use. There are different ways that we can cook when we don't have electricity. So I think that's a really great life skill to be imparting um, to our children over this time is how to do fire safely, how to work with fire safely. It's important, and we do this by doing with our children. We have the conversation with our children. Then we do the practical stuff with our children. This is how much charcoal we have to put on the weaver or on the rye. Um, and it can get quite granular. Uh, you know, my dad always used to say for a weaver chicken, it's 25 coals on the one side and or briquettes on one side and 25 on the other. And I've never forgotten that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's direct cooking methods and indirect cooking methods that we can discuss with them. And maybe we're going to just have to have sandwiches tonight yeah. instead of a hot meal. Yeah, and maybe, you know, your shower won't be warm because the geezer's not warm, so it will have to be a bit of a, a cooler shower or a bucket bath because, you know, um, the water isn't warm. Um, but, it you know, you can still work around that. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Exactly, exactly. So the workaround is a very important life skill um, that we've introduced for parents today. All of this comes with conversation. All of it comes with being in this together. And I think the book you mentioned, Who Moved My Cheese, would be a fantastic thing to read to children right now. I think any child over 10 into their teenage years, read it as a family, have conversations about it, because it's a brilliant analogy for what we're going through right now. Somebody has moved the cheese and we all have to live, act, behave and make different choices differently because of what's happening. We can't just throw our hands up and um, say this isn't working for us. 
we have to make a plan. Mm. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier is that, you know, this also gives an opportunity to do fun things as families. And if parents are looking for some of those ideas, those tips, uh, where can they go to find those? Super. Well, if you want to learn about resilience and future-proofing your children, read my book, Future Proof Your Child for the 2020s and Beyond. And you can also join my Facebook group called Parenting Matters. It's a closed group, so just ask for an invitation to join and we'll let you in on the conversation. Nikki, as always, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time.